a revolutionary baby monitor is born. I want to introduce you to a brand new baby monitor, Massimo Stork. Massimo Stork Baby Monitor tracks health indicators so you can get to know your baby better. Track your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and skin temperature with the high-resolution video and clear two-way audio from the Stork app. While Massimo Stork Baby Monitor is new, Massimo Signal Extraction Technology, or SET to be exact, has been trusted in hospitals for over 25 years. In fact, 9 out of 10 top U.S. hospitals, as ranked in the 2022-2023 U.S. News & World Report, uses Massimo SET as their primary pulse oximetry technology. Now, this technology is available for families at home, empowering confident parenting. Go to Massimo Stork to learn more. Please remember, Mosmo Stork is not meant to be used as a medical device. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby-related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. I'm your host for Yoga Birth Babies. And today we're going to talk about comforting touch during labor, hands-on, massage, counter-pressure, even what to do if that doesn't work, comforting touch for the birthing person. And I have Yiska Obadia for that. And she's amazing. It was a really fun conversation. Let me tell you a little bit about Yiska. She's a passionate teacher and healing arts practitioner with over 25 years experience as a massage therapist, acupuncturist, and birth doula. In 2016, Yiska created Comforting Touch for Birth to teach doulas and parents-to-be how to skillfully provide hands-on support for birthing people. It's a fantastic conversation. As we were speaking, I kept thinking, this is such good information for partners, for the birthing person, for doulas. It's really a kind of a one-size-fits-all podcast and so important. Before we get to that, I want to give a shout out to Kristen Bremer Home. She left a review on Apple Podcasts. She says, great podcast for pregnancy. I only wish I found it sooner. It's refreshing and honest and feels non-judgmental. She covers a lot of details without making you feel overwhelmed or unprepared. So thank you, Kristen. I really appreciate you taking the time to leave a rating and review. I truly appreciate it. So if you're out there and this podcast is speaking to you in some manner, please, if you have a moment to leave a rating and review, it helps people find us. Before my conversation with Yiska, I am so excited to announce that we are starting to get more of our offerings online as the podcast grows and grows and people are wanting to be in the community, which is so exciting. I love growing the supportive community. We had to find a way to take what we offer at PYC outside. So we have a few online courses. We have one coming up, VBAC. Is it right for me? So if you're thinking of having a VBAC, we have Stephanie Heinzler coming in to talk about your VBAC options. You can do that through Zoom online. You can check out our website. It's there. We have another one about healing after cesarean. And then we have a four class, one hour, one 
Let's see, say it again. Four one-hour prenatal yoga classes with all different focuses that you can do your yoga at home. And this is great. So again, if you're not in the walls of our New York City studio, you can still be part of our community. And then we also have some people that are teachers and want to grow their experience. And if that's you, we have our teacher training. We are actually, we have one spot left for New York, but then we will be in Richmond, Virginia this spring. And then we'll start it all over again next year. So check that out in the summer. We're going to have a postnatal and baby me teacher training. And of course, as I mentioned online, we've got, we call who's afraid the pregnant yogi. And that is for the yoga teacher that may need a little bit more support when the pregnant student walks into their room. So such amazing offerings, and I'm just so honored to bring them to you. Okay. Now, before we get to the conversation with Yiska, we're going to take a super quick break and we come back. Please enjoy. A revolutionary baby monitor is born. I want to introduce you to a brand new baby monitor, Massimo Stork. Massimo Stork Baby Monitor tracks health indicators so you can get to know your baby better. Track your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and skin temperature with the high-resolution video and clear two-way audio from the Stork app. While Massimo Stork Baby Monitor is new, Massimo Signal Extraction Technology, or SET to be exact, has been trusted in hospitals for over 25 years. In fact, 9 out of 10 top U.S. hospitals, as ranked in the 2022-2023 U.S. News & World Report, uses Massimo SET as their primary pulse oximetry technology. Now, this technology is available for families at home, empowering confident parenting. Go to Massimo Stork to learn more. Please remember, Mosmo Stork is not meant to be used as a medical device. Good morning, Yiska. How are you? I'm great. I'm so, I'm so happy to be talking to you. I know. I love that we, oh, I'm glad that you remember that we met each other many, it was like four or five years ago at a spinning babies workshop. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> I went all the way up. I was like, I'm going to Long Island for this. this is fantastic. Well, I'm glad that we got able to reconnect. So I think it's such an important topic, comfort for birth and, and life. Let's face it, who doesn't need a little bit of comfort for life? And I love that this is really your your background, your foundation, really kind of your cup of tea. So I guess to help start the conversation, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got started in the birth world and the massage world? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I became a massage therapist as my first profession. Like even before finishing my bachelor's, I just dived in. I was living in another country and, um, and somebody said something about, oh, you have good hands. Why don't you try that? And I took a class and I just, I loved it and it was a perfect fit. Um, and then basically after about doing that for like five or six years, uh, my friend started becoming pregnant and one in particular asked if I would attend her birth. So she, she thought that she would really like, um, massage during labor. And at that point, this is back in 2001 and I'd never heard of doulas. I don't think she even referred to it as a doula. She may, may or may not have known what doulas were, but in any event, she invited me to come and I did. And it was a beautiful, it was a home birth 
And it was an amazing experience. And um, I remember the midwife being like, oh, wait, you've never done this before? And I was like, no. She's like, you, like, you're not a doula? And I was like, no. <laughs> and she was like, well, you should be, <laughs> you know? And, and it really was just like one of those things that was just a perfect fit. I think the next weekend I signed up for my doula training and, um, it took some time to, you know, I was finishing acupuncture school at the time, um, so it really wasn't until I moved back to New York in about 2007 when, you know, acupuncture and massage and doula work kind of came together. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, I sort of was just doing my own thing. And at some point, a doula friend um, asked if I would teach her some massage stuff. And I sort of, I was kind of surprised at the beginning when she, when she mentioned that, because I thought like she was way more experienced than I was, you know, and I didn't realize that I had something that I could offer, but, you know, I said, you know, bring another doula and I'll think about what I'm doing and I'll show you what I'm doing. And hopefully it'll be something new for you. And, um, and we did that and she said, oh my, you have to teach this to doulas. So it was really a great process of sort of being able to start identifying what it was that I was doing what made the difference between, you know, what felt good for my clients um, versus when I, you know, maybe I saw uh, a partner trying to, you know, well-intentionally do something that wasn't working for their partner, you know, what, you know, what were some of the distinctions that I could bring from my experience so that um, partners could be more successful consistently and doulas could be successful more consistently with how they were offering their own comforting touch. I I laugh when you say that because during my second labor, my husband tried to (laughs) massage me. I don't know how, and this happens a lot when he tries to massage me. I don't know if it's how he's placing his hands or he's just much taller than me, but he does it. He tries to get my, like my traps and neck area and he somehow gets his thumbs around my throat and he's just choking (laughs) me. (laughs) Just remember, not not comforting. And I remember leaning against my dresser and turning around like, get your hands off me. And he got so upset. Yeah, it wasn't, I know the intention was to be supportive and loving, but yeah. And I, as a doula, I've seen that too. Like a lot of partners, they have the best intention, but they, it's foreign to them. And what a great thing that you have this like perfect trifecta of care. I mean, acupuncture, massage, and being a doula. It's a really, it's an exciting combination. So um, let's go into why massage and touch and counter pressure is so effective as pain relief during labor. And let's also say during pregnancy, I always encourage my clients, my students, that if their partners are learning this, why not practice? <laughs> practice during pregnancy. Oh, definitely. A hundred percent. I mean, most of the things, because a lot of the times when I teach, you know, the expectant parents, not just when I teach the doulas, but when I speak, teach expectant parents, I mean, a lot of the things that we do just feel amazing during pregnancy. So, um, I tell people to practice, it's good quality time to be with each other. It mm, helps you true. feel also more confident that, you know, you can bring what you've been practicing into birth. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I tell people to practice everything, you know, throughout the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and also, you know, you know, you were talking about just like, you know, your partner, I, most of what I teach, I even started to teach just couples massage classes, like even outside of pregnancy and birth, because many of the principles are consistent, you know, so 
the, a lot of things we'll talk about are specific to birth, but a lot of the things that are just comforting for people are comforting touch, no matter what the context. Yeah, it's good for relationship building. Yes. So let's talk about why this is so effective during labor. Yeah. So basically, um, there's a, something called the gate control theory of pain, which is that in any moment in time, we have a certain number of uh, sensory receptors in our nervous system to register sensation of any kind. So um, the idea is that it's kind of like an economy. If we fill, if we fill, you know, some of those receptors with not painful input, like touch or warmth or water or um, you know, the, these things will help kind of dilute the intensity because it's filling up some of those receptors and then there are fewer available to register a sensation that could be painful, right? So it's it's just kind of this dilution effect. Um, I mean, there's there are elements of, uh, you know, just that touch helps to produce oxytocin and um, helps to relax and reduce our stress hormones. So those things can also influence our experience of pain or not having pain. But I think one of the biggest things with counterpressure is that like diluting how intense it is because you're providing another sensation to fill those receptors. Does that make sense? Absolutely. We talk about gate theory a lot in teacher training. The way I talk about it is really, I mean, you, you described it so much more eloquently. I just say, if you've ever burned yourself and you put an ice cube on it, the cold overrides the pain Then you, and you think you're fine. Then you take the ice cube away and they're like, oh my God, it still really hurts. So, <laughs> totally. yeah, so Which my, is why when you, yeah. I say so my way is a little um, not nearly as specific. So thank you for being more specific with with the gate theory. I'm going to actually make sure our teacher trainees listen to this because you're a lot more eloquent than I was in the description. <laughs> no, I think what you said totally works. It's true. It's a perfect analogy. <laughs> But that's great. So that makes a lot of sense, especially, and I mentioned warmth. So like getting in a tub or a shower, but I mean, I love that you're also mentioned about the, the oxytocin. Can you talk more about the importance? I'm kind of throwing you in another direction, um, but a little more about the importance of the loving touch of oxytocin. Absolutely. I mean, oxytocin is the hormone that makes a uterus contract and it's sort of opposed to you know, stress hormones are the opposite. So, you know, the more oxytocin we have flowing, the better we're contracting, the more, um, we're feeling connected to our partners, the more, um, I mean, primarily it's, it's going to support our, the progress of labor in terms of having regular contractions. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then, you know, because it's sort of the opposite of, you know, our stress hormones and cortisol, the more oxytocin that's present, the less we're experiencing stress hormones. The more we do to reduce our stress hormones, the more oxytocin um, and that, you know, sort of love bonding, whatever you want to call it, hormone can flourish Mm -hmm. um, and that will support you know, labor's progress. Yeah. yeah and if the partner and, and the safety of the, I call it the birth posse, um, is mm. circling around, really offering and kind of showering that per, the pregnant person with love, it just, it helps things just progress beautifully. So Absolutely. Can you talk about the different approach to the touch offered during a contraction to the touch offered between the contractions? 
Absolutely. I think, you know, I teach a lot of things in my classes, but I think this is the one of the most important ones in particular for partners, because this is the sort of common misnomer when they think that, oh, I can offer massage and touch and that'll be comforting to my partner. Um, what we think of as typical massage where like you're stroking and you're rubbing and things like that tend to actually not be so comforting for people during contractions. You know, usually during contractions, people, and it kind of goes with what we were talking about, oxytocin and producing that experience of safety and feeling grounded and calming the nervous system is that the, you know, people tend to want that touch, you know, that usually it's like a counter pressure or a way of being held firmly and steadily that, you know, they want it to be that kind of, uh, steady, firm, um, grounded touch as opposed to something more massagey. Mm-hmm. So I say if you know if 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 you learn nothing else but you you know during contractions you offer touch that is steady, grounding, consistent um and and has that kind of pressure that helps to, to dilute the intensity of uh, the contractions, then um, then you can do more relaxing things in between that are more massagey, but people tend to not like that during contractions. Mm, that's so important. I think this is so important for partners to hear or for the pregnant person to share because it, it's like a dance between the touch. It can't be, you know, it has to have fluctuation. I love that. So I had the pleasure of reading your comforting touch for birth guidebook for doulas and expectant parents. I loved it. It was Aww. it was so good. It was I mean that must have taken you some serious time to put together. It was really well done and long. Um <laughs> I'm like, this has a Hopefully lot. Hopefully not too long. No, no, no. It was juicy. It was really, really good. Like you really, you didn't give too much and you didn't give too little. Like you really satisfied someone's desire, I think, if they want to make sure they have this kind of support. Will you walk me through the 12 guiding principles of massage during labor? And if you don't want to go through all 12, that's fine. I can fix them. But I really, just whatever you think is the most important. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that... Um, yeah, I think it'd be probably too much to go through all 12. Yeah. But yeah, there's some that stand out. And when I think about um, the classic um, supportive move that partners often will do where they'll kind of get pushed away during a contraction, um, the the um, the it's kind of this like stroking or petting thing. And it just like, like you know, rubs in one spot. And, and that's often where you know, a partner will be like, no, they, they, they don't like it. So the, the first principle is actually the one that we just talked about, you know, to distinguish between what kind of touch you're doing during a contraction and do the massage stuff more in between. Um, but then there's also, you know, pace. Pace is really powerful. Um, it's not going to apply so much when you're applying counter pressure, but if you're trying to do something relaxing in early labor or, you know, in between contractions or, you know, if you, ha- if you get an epidural and you want to relax your, help your partner relax their shoulders, so the, the, the pace of the touch, um, slowness tends to be the, 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 a, a big key to, 
um, helping somebody relax. So a lot of the times when we're trying to support people because maybe we're nervous or we're trying to get it right, we might like speed up our touch and do it, you know, really fast. But even if we just take our instinctive touch and slow it down and, um, you know, realize that slowness is kind of that pace of relaxation. Often we're trying to encourage a person in labor to, you know, slow their breath down. So touch can kind of mirror that same Mm. principle of, you know, slowing things down, helping someone feel safe and relaxed, you know, because speed, not that there's anything wrong with it. Speed has its place. It can invigorate blood flow. It can be great. But if you're thinking about relaxation and calm, uh, then, then slowness is going to help you accomplish that. Um, and it may actually help the partner too if they're nervous about this, you know, about the experience of, you know, a lot of partners may have not been to birth before and they're nervous that they can also just kind of um, methodically <laughs> massage and maybe calm themselves down. I'm just kind of throwing that out. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. It does. And I mean, I think that, you know, touch is a common thing that many people will kind of instinctively do to um, comfort their partners. But oftentimes that sort of knee jerk to touch someone is also in an effort to try to calm yourself down. Mm -hmm. So definitely, um, you know, uh, slowing that touch down is going to be helpful for both people, but also realizing that you know, we want to refine that knee-jerk reaction to just kind of pet or squeeze or rub and help it be more more deeply calming for a person's nervous system, especially during labor. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's when we get into more of the other principles. Like one of them is this idea of kind of like completing your touch and being really thorough with your touch because it's kind of, I always give the analogy of, of painting a wall. You know, visually we know if it's not done properly because you like, you would never stop three inches shy of the ceiling and leave a patch of the old wall color in the middle. Like visually we know that's like not complete. It wouldn't feel good and settled. It would feel undone. And, but touch exists in a similar way. Like, you know, um, and so I try to guide people to be more thorough with their touch, meaning like, instead of just rubbing a small patch out of that knee jerk idea, think about being more thorough. If you're at you know, her shoulders, like stroke all the way down to her hips or her butt area. Or if you're at the hips and you're going to, you know, stroke a little bit up her back, go all the way, give a little squeeze at the top of the shoulders, you know, come out the arms, come down the legs with your touch. These kinds of things make someone feel just very settled in their nervous system, that, that experience of thoroughness and completeness. And it, it lends itself to, you know, a person not feeling like, um, like, hankering for more like, Ooh, could you go to the left or could you go to the right? You know, like in labor, you don't, you know, you want to just surrender. And so, you know, if a partner or birth professionals have that awareness in mind, they can produce a tremendous amount of comfort and ease and pleasure and satisfaction for someone just by, you know, just being really thorough and, you know, not, um, skimping out anywhere on their touch and just staying in a small area. That sounds like such good information. I totally get what you're saying. Like someone could just be fixated on a small part. Yes. I love that. Yeah. What other principles do you want to offer the, the top um, ones? Well, I think the other one that kind of goes in that similar vein, if you think about that classic move that sometimes just doesn't land, right? It's not just that it's in one spot and it's not, and there's just so much more surface area that wants to get tended. Um, 
It's also sometimes if we do the same thing over and over again in the same spot, it starts to feel like annoying. Like it starts to <laughs> irritating. Sort of, yeah, exactly. It like agitates the nerve endings in the area and we start to, you know, I think best case scenario, we sort of tune it out and we might like numb out to it, but that's, you know, not comforting. That's not pleasurable. It's not bad, you know, but, um, but sometimes it can also be agitating and irritating. And so I'll tell people, like, even if you if you do, you want to just, you know, forget about, like, knowing a specific technique. But let's say you do want to rub your partner's shoulders. Um, do your thing. But instead of just staying in the one spot and doing your move, like, after a little bit, you know, you know, stroke down the arms and, you know, go away, come back. And then it'll be fresh again. So you can, like, kind of stretch it out, you know, um, go down the back or down the legs um, before coming back up to the shoulders. And, um, if you're doing a little shoulder massage, you know, so those things can help, um, it avoid being like too agitating or unsettling. And then you have a principle, I'm going to butcher this, but it was something about like leaning into the <laughs> groove. Was that correct? Oh yeah. Feeling into the grooves because feeling yeah, into the so grooves. This, okay. yes. <laughs> and this is what, this is one of the ones that like, it doesn't, you know, in birth and whenever you're like massaging anyone, um, you, you don't want to massage on bone. Most people who've had a bad massage, that's part of what was going on. Like someone like was they're just on the too, spine. Yeah. Either on the spine or on the shoulder blade. Um, and it just, it, it just hurts there. It does not feel good there. However, in the, in the grooves in between bone and muscle. So in between the spine and the muscles along the spine or around the, the shoulder blade or, you know, in between seams that are muscles, you know, kind of, they weave together. And so when you can find a groove or a seam and follow it to the next joint, you know, or out the, out to the end of the limbs, um, that's usually where it feels amazing. There's something about, you know, in, in, in Chinese medicine and meridian therapy, you know, that's where all of the, the pressure points are. They're not, they're not like on bone. They're in the spaces, in the grooves, in the holes in between, you know, and that's where the energy, you know, will build up or the tension will pull. So when we come through with our touch in those spaces, it's like, we're just clearing it out. You know, it's like clearing the gutters. It's just, um, it can feel so refreshing and, relaxing just to help release that tension. And I think that's part of the the groove or the rhythm that I end up using with clients is that during contractions, you know, it's that counter pressure that's most relieving. And then in between, you know, if there's, it's just something to help the nervous system release any residual tension that, you know, their body was holding during that contraction, you know, so even if you're you know, you're trying to release all your tension during the contractions. If there's anything left, it's so helpful to do something to relax that tension. And and if you're going to do that in a massage type way, you're going to want to do that in the grooves in between the, the bones and the muscle, not on the bone themselves. That makes so much sense so that during the contraction, I'm going to ask you about counter pressure in a little bit, but adding the counter pressure. And then we know that a lot of birthing people tend to kind of tighten up, like the shoulders might lift or they might clench mm-hmm. their butt. And then during between that could be a great place to try to relax the traps and get, especially, I love when you talk about the shoulder blades, like getting right in between those shoulder blades ooh, and clearing the gutters. Oh, I love that. Totally. <laughs> I love that visual, like the gutter, that space between the scalp in the spine. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So I know in your 12, uh, guiding principles, you also talk about the, the person giving the massage and 
they're balancing their body and caring for them because, you know, you and I both know labors can be long um, and you can be doing a lot of hands-on work. So what recommendations can you offer for the birth partner to keep their body balanced and to care for themselves so that they're not burnt out because their partner may really need them? Absolutely. You know, so I think that, um, there's some obvious ones that have nothing to do with comforting touch, like making sure you stay hydrated, taking breaks when you need them and being, you know, staying nourished, um, you know, getting a nap in. That's why it's so helpful to have layers of Mm -hmm. support, um, as in your birth team. But, um, I think as far as the, you know, providing comfort with touch, because it can take a lot, you know, if someone likes what you're doing during their contractions, they want it to every contraction, (laughs) you know, so this is ours. And yes, you get breaks and nature is kind, you know, but it's still a lot. And so I think one of the simplest ideas to apply is instead of thinking that you need to muscle your way through everything that you're offering, try to get your strength and your oomph and your power by leaning in, you know, like using your body weight, you know, this, this is a, you know, this is how massage therapist works. It's, it's how we can, you know, massage many people in a day and not burn out because we're not just massaging and pressing with our fingertips and our hands. You know, it's, it's with the weight of our body coming through our arms, coming through our wrists, coming through our fingertips, you know, so that the strain isn't just on the end of that extremity, but it's being, uh, divided throughout your whole body and, and you can get so much pressure, you know, you can get so much power, um, by using your body weight so that, you know, leaning in using your body weight, I think that's probably one of the easiest ways to protect yourself when, you know, your partner really needs, uh, your hands on support. That is so important because right, it could be hours. And I've seen this, like something will work. And then the partner's like, my hands are getting tired after like 15 minutes. I'm like, well, we got to readjust this. That's, I think that's, and then of course, I think about massage therapists, if they did this for hours and hours, it'd be, you know, arthritic. They couldn't. So it's really learning. I love that learning how to use your whole body. We're going to take a super quick break. But when we come back, I want to start to head into what you mentioned about counter pressure. All right. So we'll be right back to hear about counter pressure. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. 
Okay. So this, I think, is counter pressure, I think, is unique to pregnancy and birth. Although I guess maybe not because I know like um, kids that are autistic or have some behavioral issues, sometimes like a weighted blanket, you know, like that pressure. So I guess it's not mm. that unique. I think it's it's a comforting touch. So let's dive into that. Can you explain about the four counter pressure techniques that you like to offer? Yeah. So the the, the most you know, part of why when I did the the guidebook, I, I realized that I couldn't just explain it with words and it had to include demonstration videos because it, it's hard to fully explain just verbally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will try to paint, paint a picture of the main ones that I use. So um, there's sort of this classic, you know, doula 101 move we call the hip squeeze. And it's basically, it's just what it sounds like. It's squeezing the hips. And um and this accomplishes a couple of things. You know, there's the um, the relief that comes through that gate control theory of pain. But it also, um, you know, the hands go on either side of the hip in the fleshy part of the butt area. And what this does is it actually also creates a little bit of a flare open of the top of the hips, which increases the pelvic inlet. So the space for the opening for the baby to descend deeper into the pelvis is expanded by doing this. It's kind of like if you have a clothespin and you, you know, you, you squeeze it, then the other side opens by, you know, squeezing the, the, the undercarriage, the, the, the butt area, the hips area, it helps to open the top. So that expands the opening. So that's, that's, you know, helpful from the comforting touch perspective and also sort of from the physiological perspective to support the progress of labor. So that's, I feel like an exciting one. Um, also it's pretty, it's, it's, well, it doesn't happen necessarily in every birth, but a lot of the times people will experience their contractions in their back, um, whether it's because of the baby's position or, you know, all throughout labor or as the baby's getting closer to coming through and they're rotating, they're putting more pressure on the base of the spine, on the sacral bone. And so pressing directly on the sacrum um, can be an incredible relief to just, again, dilute the intensity of that sensation as the baby's coming through. And a lot of the times, like, you know, um, people will indicate where they want you to touch. You know, I was just teaching the other day and, and one of the women in the class, you know, she was having her second baby and we were talking about what, 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 what was helpful in her first labor. And she was like, you know, she just grabbed her partner's hand and put it on her back. You know, she knew exactly what she wanted. Um, so sometimes it's like that. Sometimes they'll verbally tell you, sometimes they'll just be complaining about their back. Sometimes they might be having a hand on their own back, you know, and that'll be an indicator that that would be the place where counter pressure would be most useful. But I think like, you know, the other ones that I mentioned, um, you know, I talk about like putting pressure on the thighs because it's not a huge portion of people, but sometimes people will experience their contractions kind of radiating down their legs. Mm-hmm. And, um, and really that idea of just like putting pressure on the tops of the thighs can kind of cut that sensation as it's, rever- you know, uh, reverberating down the legs so that that achiness and that, that pain is kind of cut off at the thigh. Um, same principles, but just putting pressure, you know, with your palms generally on these areas. But sometimes, um, you know, I, 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 um, I love this one birth video that, um, it shows a couple who the, the, the partner is doing a hip squeeze Mm 
And, um, and then there's a break in between contractions and he goes to change the music or get a glass of water or whatever. And then the next contraction kind of comes sooner than he was prepared to get back into the proper hip squeeze position. And what he ends up doing is he ends up just like coming over to her hips and just hugging her from the side, you know, just like giving a big hug around her hips. And it totally worked, you know? So I think that, you know, um, I, you know, I demonstrate those techniques. I talk about them in my classes, but I also encourage people to take these principles and then be creative, do the thing that works. And, and just back to the taking care of yourself as, you know, the birth partner, um, I really try to encourage people to avoid being in like contorted, twisted, weird positions so that if you, if your partner needs something, um, you know, pressure on their back or on their hips or whatever it is that they need, um, but it means that you have to be in a weird position to do it. You know, it's one thing to do it for a contraction or two, but I really encourage people to find the thing that will, you know, continue to work for the person in labor, but will also be something that doesn't like have you being all twisted and weird. And it might mean, you know, like everyone just repositions a little bit, but basically it's the same thing, but you're not, you know, squished up against a wall or you're, you know, you're seated differently on the toilet so that there's room for you know, both of you to be comfortable. That's, um, that's so important. I've, as a doula, I've put myself in some odd positions. <laughs> I'm like, totally. okay, especially in the bathrooms. I'm like, they're so small. I know. I know. I, I had know. one client that for whatever reason, like my hands didn't feel like it was enough surface space. And she's in it. She wanted the sacral press, which is one of my go-to. In fact, I would also mm-hmm. usually pair it with a hot water bottle, um, put the hot water bottle in the sacrum. Yes. And that, I mean, that was kind of I had, like, I had the old fashioned kind like it was rubber with a stopper, like not even a heating pad, like the old, you know, like I'm talking about. I know, like, I know. Those and I were had, great. Those were great. And then I had a, a client make me like a little cozy for it. So it had like a little sleeping bag. It was fantastic. But for whatever reason, my hand wasn't enough. And I was, I was leaning in and she's like, use your feet. And so... <laughs> I was in, I I was on a chair. She was on the ball and I was using my feet to push into her sacrum. And I'm like, well, my legs are stronger. Okay. So (laughs) we're there for like over an hour and every contraction, I just pushed my foot into her sacrum and she loved, you never know what someone's going to like, which actually leads Uh, me to a question. So I'm sure you've had those situations too. You're like, Okay. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Yeah, totally. No, I love that. No, I haven't, I haven't heard of someone asking to use feet before, but I get it. I mean, think about like a lot the of, you know, like power. Asian body work where they get on the table and they stand on you. I mean, yeah, it's true. Feet are powerful. Legs yeah. are powerful. Absolutely. I remember getting an Ayurvedic <laughs> massage and I was, and they were like practically, I think they were standing on me. I think they were using their feet. It was very interesting. So I've, and I, okay. Yeah. So I've worked with a few clients and I remember my very first, it was probably in the first five clients I had. Maybe it's first 10. It was pretty early in my career. And the woman was like, I love massage. I want different smells of, you know, different oils. And I was so new. I'm like, yes, 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 I will do that. And I got everything. And I was new enough that I hadn't really thought of what if this doesn't work? What if this in the moment (laughs) doesn't, you know, like we didn't talk enough about alternatives. I was so fresh and new, really not knowing what I was doing in the very beginning. And so I showed up and she was in labor and I'm like, I got the smells you want. I was so proud of myself. I got the smells you wanted. And it turned out that she didn't want to be touched at all, not anything on her body. And it was a good learning experience. I'm like, okay, we got to pivot and find something else. But what other techniques 
do you offer when massage or counter pressure aren't welcome? Because <laughs> I was taken aback. Oh, well, I almost want to ask you the same question. Oh, so what did I'll I do? Tell you what I what I think, and then I'm curious. When oh, I'll tell you what I did. Sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was interesting. We it was really interesting. So the client straddled the toilet, and her partner and I were on either side, and we just sat there and held the space for her, and mm. just verbally, when I saw she had tension, like if her shoulders hiked up and her jaw tightened, I just verbally sighed and said, "You know, relax your jaw, relax your shoulders." And it was very quiet. Um, and it was more just little word reminders, almost like a progressive mm-hmm. relaxation. Um, mm-hmm. But it it took me, it made me think of like when I used to do theater and things didn't go how you thought on stage, like, oops, we got to pivot. Um, <laughs> you know? And yeah, so it was, it kind of, it took me by surprise, but I realized, um, you know, I had some skills. So Yeah. So that's what I did in that moment. What about you? What would you offer? I I love that because even just listening to to you describe it, I noticed that I started to feel so calm and relaxed with that, that I'm starting to picture what that must've been like to just have that space and that quiet and that gentle reassurance. It was actually pretty beautiful. Yeah. It's so amazing. And I think that at the end of the day, like, you know, Comforting touch is one tool for helping support someone's nervous system, to help them access calm, to help them relax, release tension. Um, and and so if if someone doesn't want it through touch, it's just, you know, it is. It's exactly that. It's just the, the pivot to, you know, what is it? That happened to me only once actually in my career that someone didn't want any touch at all, all throughout. And of course, this was the birth that I drove across multiple states <laughs> to attend. <laughs> I mean, like, I think I was eight hours away when she called in the, like the, with the first contraction <laughs> and got there and she thought she wanted the tub and she didn't want the tub. And she thought she wanted, uh, you know, me to be massaging her the whole time. And she didn't want any touch at all. Exactly what you, you know, the picture you painted. Um, but ultimately, you know, just being there, presence is is huge. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly comforting to know that you're surrounded by people who love and support you and believe in you and are there for you if you need anything and and don't need to do anything if you don't need anything, you know? And so a lot of the times, you know, I, I think about a situation where um, I was with a client and, you know, the, the partner was really liking this certain touch all throughout her labor until a certain point. And when that changed and she, you know, she kind of like pulled away from her partner and was asking that, you know, like said, no, don't do that. It took like a couple of contractions for him to like, you know, stop doing that thing. Cause it was a little bit of a knee jerk reaction to just keep doing the same thing he'd been doing already for hours. But, you know, then he kind of moved away from her thinking that she didn't want him there. But, um, but, you know, I encouraged him to, you know, come back in closer and not, you know, it wasn't that she didn't want him there. She just didn't want that particular touch, mm-hmm. you know, in that moment. And, you know, and when he, he, he came in closer again, she just gave a little nod in the moment that that was exactly right. Like she just wanted to stop to do that, stop doing that thing, but not go away. So presence is really powerful. And then there, you know, um, 
sometimes people will just find their comfort in how they move their body. Um, you mentioned, yeah, words of uh, encouragement or reminders to relax or, you know, sometimes the water is going to do the job. Sometimes the warmth of a compress is going to do the job. Um, sometimes... Um, you know, uh, as labor progresses, you know, people can get hot, you know, so sometimes just providing something, it might not be your, your hands, but it might be fanning them so that they can stay cool, um, while they're sweating and, 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 and laboring. So, um, there are definitely lots of other things and to not feel discouraged if, you know, all that practicing of comforting touch measures, you know, um, ends up being that your partner doesn't you know, want you to touch you and in, in, touch them in labor. Um, there are plenty of other things to do that just involve presence, just involve um, being available for, you know, when they do have a need that they express that you're there for them for that. That is such good information. I'm so excited for, for the community to hear this and for new doulas to hear it too. Cause you know, if you only have a few things that you rely on and then they don't work, you know, it, it can make you feel very overwhelmed. And our job is support people is to ground the situation, not add to the hysteria. So that was such, (laughs) never add to the hysteria. That's a good, that's a good slogan. (laughs) Don't ask. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So before we take another break and during, after that break, I'm going to ask you for a tip or piece of advice for new expectant parents. Is there anything that I didn't cover? And I felt like we went through it well, but maybe I missed something that you want to make sure we talk about, about comforting uh, touch before we take a break. I can't, I can't think of anything in the moment. We'll see if, you okay, know, anything if anything pops in your head. Keep the conversation going. Yeah, yeah. I'll All let right, you know. Perfect. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, one piece or tip of advice you'd like to offer a new or expectant parents. We'll be right back. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. We are back. Okay. You've been doing this for a long time. You have many hats you wear. Um, I'm so impressed by that. I didn't realize the acupuncture. That is such a skill too. What tip or piece of advice would you like to offer new or expectant parents? Or let's also throw doulas in there. You're, you know, you, you work with a lot of doulas, so it's a wide open ring. (laughs) Well, it's funny. I, I was, I was most surprised by my initial response when you just asked about, um, you know, it, a tip or advice for, uh, newer expecting parents, um, is the first thing that came to my mind was get a doula, (laughs) you know, like it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, I, I think I, so it's not even about comforting touch per se. It's more about like, you know, recognizing just how much support can be needed in this process and to not as a, you know, new parent or partner, just feel like that's all on your shoulders, whether that's for, you know, birth or for postpartum, you know, allowing yourself to invite the support of, uh, a a doula, I think is, is probably, I think at the top of my list of advice for new parents. But, you know, if we're going to include doulas, um, and, um, in, in this, obviously, you know, I think that, I think the most surprising tip would be to say that actually the most important thing is to trust yourself, Mm. 
kind of like what I was describing with that man who, you know, like he knew the right move, you know, that he like, he had been doing this like perfect hip squeeze, but then at the end of the day, you know, when that didn't work out, uh, you know, when he couldn't get into the right position in time, he just like hugged her hips, you know, or when, when that person didn't want you to touch them or the same thing happened to me or with my clients, you know, like you just, you just were able to actually trust yourself to know how to be in, in, in that moment. So I just think that, um, a lot of the times, especially when we're learning new skills and people are coming in, they're trying to learn how to do comforting touch and get it right. They can be way in their head. And I think that we can trust our feeling sense a lot more than we think we can. And so I love layering, you know, the ideas of, of what I teach about comforting touch, what we talked about as a lens to look through, but ultimately like our caring is the fuel. Our caring is enough, you know, and then we could, we could attach anything onto that caring. Um, and, and it could work and it, you know, it might be a certain kind of touch or it might be a certain way of being with them. And I do appreciate the, the presence of doulas for, expectant parents because they can help guide you also as a partner to, you know, if you do feel a little bit lost. Um, but even if you don't have that, just trust, trust your intuition. I, I, I find that it's more often right than not. Mm, that is so great. And that is something also to bring into the parenthood situation, trusting that, you know, you're, you know, that baby and you know how to care for that baby. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. So where can people find your work? Yeah. So, um, I have a website. It's my name. Um, it's www.yiska, Y-I-S-K-A, Obadia, O-B-A-D-I-A.com. Um, and, uh, I have everything on there. I have a free videos page, you know, where, um, I show a sampler from the guidebook and a bunch of other little, you know, kind of silly little homemade videos that I've made over the years. Um, but they, they drive home the point and they can teach you some uh, techniques or even, you know, foot massage or other ideas for counter pressure techniques or other ideas for how to, um, provide comfort during labor. So, um, there are some great free resources on there. And then I teach classes and, um, people can purchase the guidebook. Um, it's, it's all on the website. So, We'll have that in the show notes. Thank you Great. so much for sharing your knowledge. I thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you. It was really great. Thank you. Thanks so much. My well. pleasure. Bye. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.